From Miami Law, I'm Annette Uges, and this is The Explainer. I think one thing we can be sure of is, and just judging from like the range of inquiries I've had over the last week, is that this thing's going to be studied and analyzed to death for years. And a lot of the concern is about people who are concerned about social media. This is just another problem we have to deal with because we kind of, just as a regulatory social matter, let social media get out of hand. Welcome back to Season 6 of the Miami Law Explainer, the legal affairs podcast where Miami law experts lend context and historical relevance to today's headlines. Retail traders took on Wall Street, kneecapping behemoth hedge funds, driving up the value of several low-performing stocks. International tax expert and also longtime market watcher and player Stanley Langbein reads the ticker. Let's go to executive producer Catherine Skip with the interview. Hey, good morning, Stanley. Nice to have you back. Good morning. It's nice to be here. Um, so for those of us who don't know a short sell from a dark pool, can you give us like the beginner's version of what happened with GameStop and, and to a lesser degree with AMC and BlackBerry? Well, a short sale means you you sell something you don't own, okay? Um, and it's essentially a contract to sell the stock at a particular price. And the price will usually be the trading price at that day. So let's say the trading price is 15 and you expect it to go down. So you enter a short sale contract at a particular either for a particular time or to be sold at a particular date. If during that time, let's say the $15 stock goes to five. Okay. um, And you have a right to sell it for 15. What you do is buy it for five and sell it for 15 and pocket the $10. And in fact, usually what you do is you close out the short sale, which means you buy a contract to buy it, you know, and that, means you're for $10, you, you get paid $10. Um, so that's, that's what a short sale is. Now, what happens is um, hedge funds operate to their, their theme is that they make money, whether the market goes up or goes down and they make money when the market goes down by short selling. In a market like you've had since maybe 2009, uh, where the market is going up pretty steadily and then has a few short fall, sharp falls in it. But that kind of market is hostile to hedge funds because uh, someone can just park their money in a S&P fund and it'll go up and the, the falls are covered by a re- quick recovery. Um, so, hedge funds have been less profitable than they were in, in days of more normal market functioning. Um, but the hedge funds were all shorting these stocks and there've been a lot of stocks like GameStop has suffered in the, in the uh, pandemic because people can play games at home with what they think is not great risk. Whereas going out is, is, disfavored by the authorities and thought to be 
have the potential for spreading the disease or catching the disease. So GameStop stock has suffered, as has AMC. People haven't been going to the movies. Um, and all of these stocks have a, not all of them, but these stocks have a, a drag on them because um, people don't have to, in general, people don't have to go out to go to see the movies. They don't have to go out to play games. And American Airlines, of course, has suffered greatly in the pandemic. So the hedge funds were shorting them. What happened with Reddit um, was smaller investors got together and concertedly bought the stocks that they were shorting, that the hedge funds were shorting, drove the price up significantly. I mean, tremendously. I mean, GameStop in particular was 15 dollars or something and it went up to 350 um and then an interday it was up it was at 470 or something um and uh, the hedge funds had to cover their shorts and then what happened last thursday was um robin hood which is a platform broker through which people were selling um put a stop or a limit on the extent to which people could buy the stock and drive it up further. And that has triggered all sorts of suspicions as to whether they were acting in some way on behalf of the hedge funds or in collusion with the hedge funds or whatever. But what, you know, anyway, that's, that's a story with short selling this. Well, I, I, uh, I love the dogs uh, weighing in on, on this. Um, so it, it, it may be, a Pollyanna vision. Maybe, they, maybe this is Wendell. He's very smart. He might have objected to something I was saying. <laughs> He's been known to do that. Yeah. So, so this may be the Pollyanna version um, that lots of people are feeling like cut off from the world and like being a part of something like Wall Street Bets was incentive enough. Uh, is that Pollyanna-esque or, or is there a darker force at play? Oh, there's some, I mean, that's, I don't know whether there are darker forces at play, but there's got to be other forces at play. I mean, you don't risk a whole lot of money uh, just to have something to do when you're at home. Um, well, wasn't it just small investors, you know, buying well, you 10 shares? And... Investors. You don't know that. Uh-huh. Um, number one, you don't, there's a couple of things. You don't know that it was just small investors and Number two is someone was coordinating this. Is momentum trading new? Um, if no. that's what this thing is is called, no, that we're seeing. No, not 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 entirely. But this is new. What the, the concerted buying against identifiable shorts is is new. I mean, and and. Um, moment, and it's stimulated by social media by the act information, social media. Let me finish what I was saying. When you uh, sell a stock and buy another stock, uh, the broker doesn't have the cash from the sale immediately. It takes two or three days. So it's actually lending you money to buy the new stock, or you could be buying a margin, which is an out and out loan to begin with. So when you have all these people buying this massive amount of stock, it gets to be a lot of capital that Robin Hood as the platform broker needs to borrow, plus which the trades are cleared in a clearinghouse. And the clearinghouse 
is engages in the same kind of lending with the brokers. So um, that's apparently what happened on Thursday where they stopped doing the trade is they couldn't get financing. The brokers couldn't get financing from the trader. They couldn't get financing from the clearinghouse. So now the, the, the question is, is it appropriate for the broker brokerage then to respond to the lack of capital by saying, oh, you can't buy anymore. Rather, or you can't buy this stock anymore rather than going across the board and saying nobody can buy any stock anymore. And if they do that, that's an act of insolvency. Um, but the thing about insolvency and bankruptcy is you then go into a procedure where everybody gets taken care of pro rata. On the other hand, the other, the other, I was talking about this in my class the other day, and the students said, well, bankruptcy is also a systemic, you know, can have systemic problems. And these um, phenomena or trades were probably not large enough to cause systemic problems. But what you really don't want is a systemic problem at the clearinghouse level because that, that you know, this, the trouble with the insolvencies is they cascade. Mm-hmm. So you get a giant market shift rather yeah, than a little. Whether what the brokers did was proper, was consistent with their contracts, with, with their customers, I don't know. I don't know. And that's, they'll, they'll, uh, I think one thing we can be sure of is, um, and just judging from like the range of inquiries I've had um, over the last week is that this thing's going to be studied and, analyzed to death for years. Um, and a lot of the concern is about people who are concerned about social media. It's just another problem we have to deal with because we kind of just as a regulatory social matter, let social media get out of hand. Right. Which that's, that dog's out of the house. That dog's um, out of the house, but then once it's out of the house, there's other dogs coming out of the house too. And it's, you know, wait a second. You know? So um, is this exposing a flaw in the system or is it just like a novel path to stick it to the man? I think it's a no- the latter. I think it's a novel path to stick it to the man. I don't think this kind. I mean, as you saw, even in this limited instances, it ran, it hit a wall. With the uh, financial problem, the trouble there's a lot of troubles with it. One of which is, you know, people are looking at it and say, "Aha, they've got the big guy." You know, the little guys teamed up on the big guys, David and Goliath. Trouble is, the, those that inflated price has gone way down over the last three days. These prices are coming down to earth. I mean, you can't have these companies that are on the verge of failure trading for $350 a share and having multi-billion dollar market caps. And a lot of little people undoubtedly got hurt, uh, particularly on the way down. You have to know when to get out. And then there were people on the social media platform saying, oh, stick Stay, stay in, stick it, you know, stick it to them. Don't get scared. And of course, you know, if, if they somehow thought they were doing something socially useful, they could, you know, they, they at least didn't make the money they, you know, that it looked like they were making last Friday or Thursday. And in some cases, you know, and then some people were buying when it was at 300 and 345 who lost a lot of money. 
So, but if you bought low and you stuck it out, you're only going to, well, what is it about stocks? You only invest what you can afford to lose. So that's, well, who defines what you can afford to lose? The thing about gambling is that gamblers tend tend to greatly exaggerate the amount they can afford to lose and then learn otherwise the hard way. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so what now? I mean, does it just continue that the house always wins, or or will this, you know, trigger some always kind of? The house never always won. Um, in the last 10, 15 years, it hasn't been that the house always wins. It's that. I mean, it, it's it's a little better than that and a little worse. It's that the people who behave themselves, people, people who obey always win. You see what I mean? If you just bought, you know, you bought and hold, they keep telling you, buy and hold, buy and hold, don't sell, blah, blah, blah. And the way the Fed supports the market since, at least since 2011 and really since 2008, 2009, um, and then what happened last March where they quickly came in with, I mean, you know, they had congressional approval to do things they'd never done before and that are anathema to central bankers to support the market. You you know, the little guy has won if they just bought and hold and didn't try to get out of line and make too much. And if you did, you know, if you tried to play it like a hedge fund, you could often, you, you, you know, if you bet against the market when it was supported by the Fed this way, you probably lose money. Um, or, or, or at least you didn't make money that you'd otherwise make. But it's not that the, the little, that the, the, it's not, in a sense, it is a rigged game because you only make money if you obey, if you're supposed to do, um, and don't step out of line. But that's not the same as a rigged game where the little guy always loses. The big guy reaps the benefit. And it, and it's also a rigged game in the sense that the big guys are going to be taken care of better than the rest of us. But that's not, you know, that's not the most antisocial rigged game. And what next? I, as I said, this is going, going, you know, the Treasury Secretary has the people, has the CFTC and the Fed and the SEC coming in. And they're going to talk and talk and talk. There will be plenty talk. There'll be congressional hearings. The congressional hearings, as you probably know, are usually theater. They'll get the Robin Hood and 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 Reddit in there, and they'll berate them and why is this and why is that and. Um, they're usually, you know, it's usually, it usually ends up good for the witness because it, the congressmen are not well informed. And but uh, there probably will be reforms to. To I mean, there were things that have been done in the past that people didn't like, like the uptick rule that stops trading if there's too much motion in the stock. They could reinstate that, but that has a lot of other effects that people don't like. Um, they could put something like that into place and, and they'll figure out something to do. They'll figure out two things to do, one for the real problem, one for the public perception of the real problem. And they'll do both. But it's not a major event in terms of the history of the financial markets, I don't think. Uh-huh. Okay, I don't want to let you go without asking you what's a dark pool besides someone who doesn't take care of their outdoor swimming pool. Like me, <laughs> um, I don't really know what people mean by a dark pool, but um, a dark pool is generally a um, uh, 
um, a set of trades that aren't known widely to the market or may or may not be concerted trading. Cool, cool. Um, well, it's been great. I can't wait to see you uh, and the dogs. And thank you so much for your time, Stanley. All right. Thank you. Thanks for joining us at The Explainer for a whole new season of interpreting legal issues in the headlines. If you love our show, leave us a five-star review with your podcast provider and ask your friends to subscribe. You can always drop us a comment at explainer at miami.edu. Our show is engineered and edited by Christopher Alzadi with theme music composed by Rady Kim from the Frost School of Music. I'm your host, Annette Ugez. Today's episode is brought to you by the University of Miami Law Review's annual symposium. This year's three-day virtual program, Criminal Justice Reform, The State of This Union, and The Road to Justice will take place February 11th through the 13th. For more information, visit www.law.miami.edu.